0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of TCK's Premier League podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, Pauly Quistel, and Elliot Niblock. We're here to talk up all the wonderful soccer that hopefully will be played on Match Day 7 in the Premier League. Uh, Looking at the slate of matches, we've handpicked a few here that we're going to talk about, and things kick off tomorrow, Friday, with Everton taking on Crystal Palace. Pauly, you excited for this Friday night showdown? Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon showdown. Yeah, uh,
1: I I am because I kind of want to watch Everton. I I like I've only seen them from afar right now. I just I I catch what they're doing. I catch the highlights. Um, I caught most of that drubbing against Sunderland, but that was against a really bad team. I want to see the Ronald Colemanness in action, and then uh, I guess as an added benefit, maybe or curse, maybe. I'll get to get my get a glimpse at Crystal Palace and see what they're all about. Yeah, Palace—they've
0: opened strong, and so has Everton. So, it has the makings of a pretty good game. They both have uh, decent goal scorers in uh, Romelu Lukaku and Christian Benteke. So. There's
1: enough interest in this game that I'm that I, I I'm interested in seeing it. Having said that, I think I'm going to be busy during the time tomorrow, and I, <laughs> I'm probably going to miss it. But I'm going to be like, ah, oh, damn, I would have watched that.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm planning on having a late lunch at the pub and watching it, but you know, we'll see how Way leads on to Way. It's supposed to be... Sunny and seventy-five all day here tomorrow, and then fifties for mm, probably until snow. So it's going to be hard to sit in the pub and watch soccer. But you know what? I'm committed to this, so I'll I'll, I, I'll sacrifice training and like
1: sixties again, like for a week.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're just coming off that, so. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: both. look
2: at us with our delayed weather update.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Yeah, we'll find a way to sneak it in. Yep.
0: Yeah, no matter what. No, that's true. That's you true. Can Bo- try. Yeah, both. But I mean, both teams they have some injuries, but the biggest one would probably be if Wilfred Saha is unable to play for Crystal Palace. He is suffering a hamstring strain. Don't know exactly how um, serious that is, but if that keeps him from playing, that that's a big blow for Crystal Palace. Yeah.
1: Hammy is kind of like the one thing that'll really keep you out yeah. in soccer. Yeah, and that's like the when, thing when, you don't want to rush. Right. When people have hamstring injuries, they don't come back too soon, as opposed to when Anthony Mortiel died on the field like what was it, ten days ago and he was back out there today?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean head it's,
2: injuries. Who cares about those?
0: Exactly. Concussions, smush mushins.
2: <laughs> that's what I always say. Exactly. So um,
0: so I, Romelu Lukaku going up against Christian Benteke although they won't, you know, go up against each other in that sense, but who do you think is the So better we're going to we're doing this like
1: Brady versus Manning even though yes, they don't face each other exactly. and, even, though, even though this is more like the equivalent of like Joe Flacco versus uh uh what's his name? Andy Dalton.
2: No, well, I'd, I'd, say it, I'd say it's more like Jemais Winston versus Sam Bradford. Like, quarterbacks who are, well, we should stick to these players themselves, but I'd see the parallel in that they're players who have long been tapped for greatness and they've shown signs of brilliance both. I think more Lukaku than Benteke. Lukaku also... is better
1: than both the two quarterbacks yeah. you mentioned.
2: That's a little <laughs> bit unfair. Okay, well, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the jury's still out. I'm...
1: Wukaku has a fifty million dollar price tag on us. Like Everton yeah, paid fifty million pounds.
2: Yeah, he does. But I think when I mean well, regardless, that puts him like, up
1: there with Joe Flacco.
2: I don't want to. Oh god, but Joe Flacco is so overpaid. But anyways, let's not get into the NFL. Point being <laughs> that these are both these are both players who we've seen flashes from. But I think that you know it's unclear whether they've reached their ceiling or whether either of them has another gear to kick on.
1: Are you really going to say that we've seen flashes from Lukaku? I think he's pretty consistent, and when he scores, he scores by the bucket load.
2: Yeah, but he also goes cold sometimes.
1: But Mm -hmm. What striker doesn't? Yeah, Yeah, but he he, he
0: had a very long streak before he uh, broke that.
1: Understandable, but also plays for a team that, you know, doesn't exactly give him service. Yeah, though, I mean, I I think...
0: I don't know. He got pretty good service last season.
1: Did he? Because that whole team kind of stopped playing in the second half of the season. That whole team was terrible.
0: Yeah, Lukaku, he had 18 league goals last season, 37 matches. That's a pretty good
1: return. That's a good return. That puts you up in the top echelon of Premier League strikers. I don't want to throw out the E-word, but since we're comparing him to Joe Flacco, is that elite?
0: I don't know. Christian Benteke yeah. had 19 goals that joke in 30. That's
1: go over as well as I thought it would. Yeah,
0: Christian Benteke <laughs> had 19 goals in 34 games in his first season in the Premier League.
2: Yeah,
1: but yeah, but Christian just, Benteke's done nothing since then.
2: Yeah, I, I I think that Benteke flashed big and then went dark, whereas opposed to you know Lukaku's been kind of off a little bit, on a little bit, but overall more consistent. But regardless, one the thing that strikes me about this game is. That Everton, you know, talk about being sneaky good. Like, granted, it's the first, it's the first fixture of this "quote unquote" match day. But if Everton take all three points from this fixture, they're in second place, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, weren't they in second place last year, last week?
2: Yeah, but like, I mean, the thing is that I. I, I, did any of us – I mean, I, I think that we've all had time for Ronald Koeman. We thought that he was going to do well and been impressed by his first, you know, few matches here. But if seven games in, they're, you know, sitting in second position, they've got to be extremely happy with that.
1: They do, but at the same time, it's like remember two years ago under Roberto Martinez or three years ago when they were really good and we expected them to get better. It's a lot of the same players. They just you know, regressed under Martinez and now it's almost like they're playing up to their potential. Yeah, it's a better system under
0: Kumani plays I mean, he knows how to play defense. I mean that that was the main <laughs> thing with Everton last season. They yeah. just they could not play defense to save their lives and Well then
1: if... Roberto Martinez to Belgium seems like a great move.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh yeah, and I mean they are fighting for a spot there too, Lukaku and Benteke, and Lukaku's definitely been the first choice up front for Belgium, so um a little game within the game to watch there. We'll get to the scoring predictions later. Then Saturday, um, we have a couple of games, but we're going to focus on
1: West Ham taking on Middlesbrough. Yeah. If if you were looking for like a Saturday to like take off and like, I don't know, do something with, with your girlfriend or your wife, this is the weekend to do it. (laughs) Cause the, the games are on Sunday. Who, who we got again? We got West Ham and we got Middlesbrough.
0: Yes. Yeah, then also I can just say also on Saturday we have Swansea, Liverpool, Hull against Chelsea, Sunderland against West Brom and Watford, Bournemouth.
1: Yeez. Yeah, but I figured have, we'll, but let's... But we'll, Liverpool and Swansea kick off the morning. There's no late yeah. game.
0: No, there's no late game. Sure. But I I wanted to talk about West Ham and Middlesbrough because...
1: Because West Ham can't stop a nosebleed.
0: Yes, exactly. They've been <laughs> absolutely horrible and... Now there was some report that um, they were going to see if Andy Carroll had been out drinking
1: and coming to practice drunk.
2: Pulling a Jamie Vardy. All
1: right, you know what? Maybe that's an issue for West Ham. Like maybe it is, but that's not their problem. No. <laughs> you know they're not losing games because Andy Carroll, who isn't even playing, and it's not like he's. It's not like they're losing because. Andy Carroll has been misbehaving and thus he's been dropped from the team. He's been dropped from the team because he's not good enough to play in this team. And that's not why they're losing.
0: Yeah. yeah. But can they turn this around?
1: <sighs> yeah. They just, they got us. They got to figure it out. I like, I mean, first of all, we said it last week, Dimitri Pyatt's going to start scoring the yeah. guys, the guys getting shots. Like, um, you know, like, like Paul Pog was scored last week, but like, we didn't, you wouldn't say, like, oh, Paul Pog was due for a goal. The guy took 100 shots already, and, like, one of them managed to be on target. Dimitri Payet is shooting on target. Eventually, they're going to go in. It's a pretty freaking big target. They got to figure out the defense.
0: Yeah. I mean, do they just try to scramble as many points as they can up until the January transfer window opens up and then go yeah, up on the shopping but you can free?
1: fix this internally. You can fix this internally. At this point last year, Leicester hadn't kept a clean sheet. You know, Leicester was winning games three-two last year. West Ham aren't scoring enough to do that, but it, it the the point is isn't that like West Ham are going to all of a sudden figure it out and they can make a run for fourth? They're probably not good enough to do that anyway. No. But the point is, you could figure it out internally. You can work with your defenders enough and get your system down pat where it it'll finally click and everybody ends up on the same page and your your defending improves.
0: I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing an addition there somehow.
1: I'm sure most people wouldn't mind seeing an addition, but your idea right now is to wait until January when you have – how many games have we played? We've played six games, so you have 12 games between now and there. I think West Ham fans – as much as they might want to see a January edition, they kind of want to figure it out a little bit sooner Oh, yeah, than of that. course. yeah, Of right. course.
0: Let's like, try, try like, just, by
1: Columbus Day. Yeah, stop but... the
0: bleeding as soon as possible, but I definitely mean... they might want to look into getting some someone in during the January transfer window. And, I mean, honestly, too, you know, do they really have the striking power? I know IU is injured, and that was their big signing here over the summer, but... If Andy Carroll's out doing God striking knows what... Striking
1: power well. is different. I mean, striking power, no. No. But you don't need the goals to... I mean, there are teams that can find other ways to score. And let's be honest, West Ham didn't have the striking power last year. No. My, Where'd their goals come from? Yeah, not from their right.
2: My, I mean, my question for you guys is, you know, speaking of the fans would like to see this before the January transfer window, obviously. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to blame the Hammers supporters here, but how much of this also has to do with them needing to figure out how to turn their home stadium into a home stadium again? Because they've only won won two games at home this season, one of which was against Accrington Stanley, saved at the death, you know? And I, I just, I don't think that they've, you know, they had a castle in the boiling ground, and now even though they're upgraded to what is, a bigger castle it's just it doesn't feel like it's home, a
1: bigger you know? castle though but it's a, a bigger castle further away from like the field like yeah. you know it's like the castle's built away from where you're actually ruling the the kingdom <laughs>
2: yeah
1: uh i don't know i guess like reestablish the moat around the castle and start attacking team buses when they come in i mean that worked for them <laughs>
2: Boy, you really stretched this metaphor, background, into uh, that chip on your shoulder you've still got about the Man U game last year.
1: (laughs) This is West Ham we're talking about. They've got a reputation to uphold. Uphold it, damn it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I do think that some some of it is that a combination of the – whether it's, you know, the players and the fans need to feel at home in their home ground and – yeah, maybe we underestimated how long that takes. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, it's and the other thing is that it's not a stadium that was designed for this team. It's one that obviously that you know we knew they moved into the Olympic Stadium. And- it also
1: goes along to show you, and this isn't just soccer, but it's it's a lot of sports. When you build new stadiums, a lot of times new stadiums are not built for the home field advantage aspect of it anymore.
2: Yeah.
0: As long as there's no uh, obstructed sight, obstructed view seats.
1: Obstructed views comes into play, but a lot, you know, the boxes, the...
0: I was uh, thinking about Berkeley Center and the Islanders to make a reference.
1: That wasn't built to accommodate hockey No, that was
0: built for basketball and concerts. In
1: In fact, the Nets actually asked the Islanders, do you want to take part in our new stadium? And they said no. And they said, okay, then we're building it for basketball and only basketball. Um... Well, obstructed sites, though, that's like kind of commonplace. Anfield still has pillars that will just block your view. Yeah, um, But, you know, a lot of teams, you know, when it's about getting more fans into the building and everything, and a lot of times they sacrifice that atmosphere that made their home stadium important. And that was something, you know, Spurs have been trying to build a new stadium, and now they are building a new stadium. But one of the most important things to Spurs fans was uh, if you're going to make a stadium that, Ruins the atmosphere that we've created at White Hart Lane. We don't want a new stadium. God,
2: did you hear that they were talking about having an NFL and an EPL game on the same day? And they can, new stadium? they can. Ugh. I, only, I mean, only, only because the Spurs will play first before whichever NFL teams destroy the pitch.
1: Well, no, it's two separate pitches. That's that's why it's possible. So it's actually it's actually really cool because you know like how when the NFL plays at Wembley, they can't sit in like the first like fifteen rows because they're just too low to the field, yeah, so the Spurs will have a grass pitch um, that's there, and that's that will be on on the top layer, and then that is going to be removable so under underneath it will be an artificial turf football field and it's kind of like how the Arizona Cardinals they could slide their field out of the stadium so it can get yeah. natural sunlight. Yeah. So the Spurs thing, uh, the, theirs their field will slide out out of the stadium, and that will create and that will make the lower part of the stadium now into a bowl. So like that front row seat now is like fifteen feet off the ground, and it's like perfect for football. It's actually really cool, but yeah, again, questions on like, will this will this ruin your atmosphere?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Hmm. High tech grass. It is. It is.
0: Cool though. <laughs> yes. So looking at Middlesbrough, they've uh, taken five points in six games as newcomers. Is that good enough? Or were you expecting more?
1: No, you're doing, you're doing your job. They're, they're at a, they're at a fine pace.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think that i I don't think that they've exceeded expectations Um, they haven't fallen terribly short from them I mean you'll be a little disappointed to have fewer points than games thus far in the season but
0: yeah I mean if we're looking at last season Sunderland they stayed up with 39 points do you think that's going to be the target for this season as well or
1: it's 40 points it's always 40 yeah Get to 40, and and I think Middlesbrough are the out of all the newly promoted teams, they don't have they they have the least to worry about, and especially when you look around the league and you see teams like Burnley and Sunderland, and right now Stoke, even though Stoke we feel like will figure their stuff out, I I wouldn't be worried if I was Burnley, uh, uh, Middlesbrough. I'd be worried if I was Burnley. But Burnley, then again, are used to this.
0: Well, do you okay, so this is sort of a side tangent here, but do you feel like
1: Sunderland is going the Aston Villa route? I don't know. Why don't you ask me two weeks before the season started when I predicted that? No, but do you think they're going to get less than 20 points? Uh, I think they're going to be Aston Villa levels of bad.
0: Oof. Ooh, woof.
1: But, like, uh, 25 points isn't ridiculous. That's still really bad. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be the. I think they'll be the first team that goes home. Yes, absolutely. Well, then
0: we'll go over to Sunday and the Sunday games that we're going to talk about is Manchester United Stoke first and foremost. Uh, United coming off a one nothing win over Soria Lohansk in the Europa League here on Thursday, a goal by Slatan Ibrahimovic. Whoa, whoa! Oh, yes.
1: Spoiler alert! I'm in the 65th minute right now. Oh, sorry. Well, wait four <laughs> minutes and
0: Zlatan will score.
1: Zlatan's about to score off the yes. worst Rooney miss kick ever. Yep. <laughs> Which is this, how Zlatan has now scored two of his goals. <laughs> oh, no. Wait. Who scored the first one like that? Oh, Rooney's goal was off of a miss kick. Yeah. Against Bournemouth.
2: hmm
1: Okay.
0: So, yes. Um, yeah. United, sort of a mixed bag so far. They had that week with... Three straight losses, and everyone started panicking. And now they have uh, three wins under their belt, although be it against Northampton Town, a out of form Leicester City, and a Ukrainian team that few people have ever heard wait, about.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Yes, is Leicester City really out of form? At least in the league,
0: they're doing, they're doing well in Europe.
1: What do you mean? They just didn't they just get a big win like the week beforehand?
0: What big win?
1: They, um, oh my god! They beat they they won in they won in Europe.
0: Yeah, and then then they beat and Burnley. They,
1: right, and then they beat Burnley, and then they lost to Chelsea. So you know, their fringe players lost to Chelsea. Yeah, and then they lost and, to Manu. And, and then they lost to United, were and then they won United. in Europe again. So yeah. they're not in terrible form.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I, you can't call beating Burnley a quote unquote big win. I mean, yeah. No, I but mean, you do can't not say
1: that they're in horrendous wins. form. Sunderland yeah. and Stoke, they're in bad form. Burnley, uh, Leicester, were taking care of business. Yeah. They were doing what they were supposed to do.
2: Mm. No, I mean, I, I'm, I, I, I think I agree with your sentiment, Pauly. Maybe not with how strongly you're defending it, but that like Leicester are not. They're not in abysmal shape right like they are especially I mean they're doing especially well in Europe uh, I think that I think that I'll, I'll say this much I think that they will probably finish higher in the table than they are right now by season's end but I don't know that they're gonna finish that much higher I mean they're still they're still not the the sudden unexpected darlings that we saw last campaign.
1: Yeah, they they got a draw against Arsenal. They beat Swansea. They got killed at Anfield, in Liverpool's first home game. Yeah. That's important. Um, then they beat Club Bruges. They beat Burnley. They lost to Chelsea, but they took them the extra time. And Chelsea had some good players out there. Leicester really didn't. They lost at Old Trafford. So they haven't. You know, those are games that you shouldn't be that they shouldn't be winning anyway. At Anfield, at Old Trafford, yeah, they lost uh, pretty badly in both those games. But you, they weren't going to get wins in them.
0: If, if if this was last season, they would have. Mm, yeah.
1: False, false. They got a draw at <laughs> Trafford and they lost at Anfield.
0: Okay, fine. Um, anywho, mm.
1: so not to say that they're horrific form. I didn't say. I we're say talking, they were. We're talking about United. Let's what stop. Stop wasting my United time on Leicester City.
0: I didn't say that anyone was in horrible form.
1: <laughs> you said they beat a a bad Leicester. They, eh. an average <laughs> Leicester then. Eh.
0: Yeah. 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 So, but now they get stoked.
1: Hold on, Zlatan just scored the goal, and like yes. the goalkeeper when he scored it is sta- is like actually trying to stop this, but he was standing in the net. Like if yes. that ball ever reached him, that's a goal. Yes. It was interesting positioning.
0: Yep. Slaton scores again. That's six goals in ten games.
1: Yeah, but the headlines, again, are about who? You know, the ones that aren't about Wayne Rooney. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're about that kid that plays on the left that should be starting for England.
0: He probably will.
1: I don't 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 understand how you can not. I mean, we'll
0: see. We'll get to England after we talk about the games. We'll get to England. Okay. Don't I'm just worry. just going
1: to say that since his debut, the English striker that has scored the most goals is Marcus Rashford. More than Kane, more than Vardy, more than Rooney. Club and country. Hmm?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, you mean club and country, right?
0: Okay. okay, so they take on Stoke at home. Old Trafford, Stoke, they're in horrendous form. They sit second from the bottom. They only have two points in six games. They got... The worst worst goal difference in the league minus eleven. Is there any chance that Stoke can even get a point in this one? Absolutely.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Extrapolate. Okay. Oh, look at look at this vocabulary. Um, if Jose Mourinho decides to Jose Mourinho this thing, I mean. Stoke at home is one of the few games that I just never really get that worried about. Um, even last year, we won that game 3-0, and that's with Louis Van Gaal, uh calling the strings. It's just Stoke are built to play on that narrow pitch of the Britannia Stadium, and they come to Old Trafford, and it just, it just... No matter who our manager is, it always seems that Stoke at home is the one game that just goes right. Now, Jose Mourinho seems pretty hell-bent on using marijuana Fellaini. He likes him a lot. We know he likes him a lot because last year when Chelsea came to town, Jose Mourinho had somebody man-marking Marouane Fellaini. I think, and I think today's game against Zoria... Uh, was a big demonstration as as on last week when we scored four goals in the first half and everybody wanted to point out how, oh, they dropped Rooney, they put Mata in there as the number 10, and all of a sudden we scored four goals. Well, the key was we, put, we actually got the midfield combination right of Ander Herrera and Paul Pogba, and then today Fellaini comes back in there and the midfield looks like a mess again. We can't create... You're just relying on Marcus Rashford to run at defenders and try to make magic happen. You're you're saying, all right, Zlatan, we're only going to give you X amount of balls and we need you to finish one of them. And if Jose Mourinho likes to do that because he really likes Fellaini, we could be in some trouble here. Whereas if he plays, you know, a Carrick or a Herrera, you're going to be looking at a very dynamic attack that can blow a lot of goals right by Stoke.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree that he made the right call to put in Herrera. I am not surprised that Fellini was back in this one. Hopefully, he'll go back to Herrera. Why?
1: I, I, was, more, I was surprised at the strength of the squad he named. He yes. put in Ibrahimović. He put in Rashford. He put in Mata. He put in Lingard. That's the front four that started against the Leicester. Yeah. And he plays them all in the Boy, Granted, it's a home game. Yes, so, but you know, doesn't travel- that... Doesn't that
0: also factor in that if they would have won the first game, he wouldn't have done this?
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a value to be said to that, but I also, but I, I think if this was an away game, he still wouldn't have done it. You you think like if they were traveling to the Ukraine right now, he would have put all those guys on a plane to the Ukraine?
0: ah, mm. uh, questionable.
1: Yeah, especially yeah. because this is a game that you can't afford a slip up in this game. You can't afford a slip-up against Stoke. You can't afford Manchester City to take a a bigger lead on you than they already have. So, you know, the Stoke game is important, and you're playing Zoria Lubyantska, whatever, who, as my my friend just described, A-plus Europa League name. Um, Yeah, you can't take that lightly, and he still started a very strong team, but, like, if you're going to... Not start your best players, you know. Like why not Carrick? Why not Schneiderlin? You know, somebody yeah. else next to Pogba.
0: Hey, at least they changed their name. It's Soria Luhansk now. It was formerly Soria Vrohoshiligrovgrad.
2: I'll you Seb, what? you're I our pronunciation king.
0: Yes. So, uh, yeah, they got the win there, and I think they're gonna have a. I think they're gonna have a pretty easy time against Stoke too. Then, after the international break, they play Liverpool. At Anfield, looking forward to that. They got a bad slate of games coming up.
1: Yeah, but Liverpool at Anfield—that's a.
0: You got Liverpool, then you got Fenerbahce, then you got Chelsea, then you got City in the EFL Cup.
1: Oh, that's gonna be a good yeah. game. Mm-hmm. That the last time they played City in the EFL Cup in the in the semifinals of 2010, that was probably the most intense. Uh, Carling Cup games I've ever seen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Those yeah. were
1: good games.
0: Also, uh, well, should, we should say something about Stoke, shouldn't we? Um, they suck. They're okay. terrible. Mark Hughes, first manager fired. <laughs> okay, well, is he starting to lose, like really lose it? Because I feel like yeah, yeah. he's just getting angrier and angrier for every week.
1: I don't think he ever had it.
0: He looked fairly calm when they were doing pretty well last season.
1: It's easier to look I... calm when
2: you you do well. Yeah. I mean, Paulie, I have to agree with you on that. And I, ha- I also have to wonder whether or not that's actually the best thing for Stoke is to part ways with him. Because, I mean, we keep talking week in, week out about what a talented group of players this is and how they're not putting it together. And at some point, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't the manager's fault, but a new manager can still kind of prove the catalyst for that coalescence that we haven't seen yet thus far from the Stoke team.
1: I'm just going to say this right now. They're in the relegation zone. They don't want to be relegated. And a manager who is really good at not getting relegated just became available.
0: Yeah, hell no. Uh, We'll get more into that. All all this foreshadowing, really. Um, Also, on Sunday, we got a big matchup between Tottenham and Manchester City. League leader City going to White Hart Lane, taking on second place Spurs. And do we know who's going to be available for Tottenham? Is Dyer and Dembele going to be back for this one? What is the latest? We don't know.
2: I, I, Dyer will yes. be back. Yeah, I was going to say Dyer. I don't know about Dembele, though.
0: Because I feel like they need all hands on deck on this one.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: I, I know. No is city... on you. Google.
1: You play, I never huh? know whether I'm Googling this. Spurs Musa Dembele or the Musa Dembele who apparently just can't stop scoring for, for Celtic. Oh, that Musa has two
0: S. Two yeah, SS.
1: and Spurs actually tried to sign him.
0: Yes, that would have been very confusing, and he's really, really good. Yeah, we should say uh, that. Celtic they got a three-three draw against Manchester City in the Champions League. Uh, I thought it would be another one of those. Horrible defeats Like the one they saw, suffered against Barcelona we, all, yeah.
1: we, at, yeah. we wrote it down in our diary And laughed about it later that night
0: yeah. But Dembele, uh, wow, two goals
1: Well, we just We kind of forgot like just how good Celtic is When they're at home like, It's actually incredible yeah.
0: Okay, so City, they will be out their best player In Kevin De Bruyne and Tottenham Are without their best player in Harry Kane Which team is Better suited to cope with the loss
2: Of their star player?
1: city yeah that's that was a joke of a question yeah
2: it's it's, it's manchester city i mean i think I that, a breaking ball in there seb yeah like spurs have the intangible home field advantage because they haven't built that new stadium and they still actually have hard lane i i mean City this,
1: used to own spurs they don't own them so much anymore but they used to own them. they have a red hot south korean yeah that's that's the big one that guy that they signed this year oh they signed him last year i didn't mm-hmm. I thought yep. that he was, I didn't, I didn't know he was there last year, but he was, he's been fantastic this year. Um, Spurs are also doing that thing where they sneaky, don't give up any goals whatsoever.
2: Yeah. I, and I think that, that, that stout defending with Lloris between the sticks, I mean, it, it, to me, the question is less about how Tottenham performs without Harry Kane and more about how City bounce back... Yeah, granted, De Bruyne's absence is big. I actually think Kane's absence is bigger. But, like, is. how do they bounce back from that thrilling 3-3 draw? You know, do they redouble their efforts and say, no, we're taking all three points from this one? Or are do they have a little bit of an emotional hangover? And I, that, to me, is the biggest question for this match, is how City can come in, you know, having just gone on the road and been held in a thrilling match how much energy are they going to have to go back on the road again this week in another place that's you know not the easiest stadium to play in and take points out of uh, on the face of it city i think are and should be favorites but i i don't know i i don't know that they can do better in a draw we'll see yeah
1: and i mean city the... are the favorites but not by much
0: yeah and the thing is too that last season they didn't do that well against top teams
2: so Well, right. Pep, Pep will change that. Yeah.
1: yeah, I agree with you that you know Harry Kane is the bigger absence for the two teams. Um, Jensen seems to. Jensen seems to at this point he seems to have grasped the Josie out the door role. Like you know, just if you hold up, play really well, people will at least praise you for that. While while you're off, busy not scoring any goals whatsoever. Um, Sun yun Ming right now is kind of saving their season the way that um Chicharito saved Manchester United season the first year he was around when Wayne Rooney was like absent for 6 weeks mm. and Chicharito was just bailing them out of game after game after game but last year we had the when City didn't have Vincent Company that's when they were vulnerable and I think this year we have the here's where City are going to be vulnerable and that's where And that's the Kevin De Bruyne injury because he just controls everything. He plays all over the field. He doesn't really have a position. He's not their number 10. He's like their number 8.5 to 10-ish kind of guy. He plays deeper but all over the field. Mm -hmm. Um, And we saw what he can do against Manchester United. We saw how he can just control a game until you literally have to put a guy on him. And... At first I said, I'm not worried about this injury because they still have you know, a very on-form Raheem Sterling. Um, they still have Sergio Aguero, who's just going to keep scoring goals. Can't stop, won't stop scoring. And they also have David Silva, who's been sitting on the bench. But they did throw David Silva right back out there um, to replace De Bruyne. And he just kind of – he seems to drift off to the left because that's more of his natural position, a little bit more than playing all over the field wherever Kevin De Bruyne would be. Yeah. And I think that – is what City are going to have to adapt to.
2: Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. And I think that De Bruyne is and I actually have some similar thoughts in terms of Arsenal at this point, but I think De Bruyne is more proficient at kind of drifting into that number 10 role and being totally comfortable there and not like and is more more prone to do that and I think that that suits City's attack better. But I well, I mean we'll get to scoring pred- predictions later, but this is it's it's going to be a good game. I mean, that's
1: it's a yeah. tough game to call.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you, do you think that both teams are going to go for it here? Yeah, good. Yeah,
1: Tottenham won this game four one last year. <laughs> Tottenham not scared of anybody.
0: Hmm.
1: It's the, not the more the Mauricio Pochettino
0: way. No. Okay. Then the late game on Sunday that's Burnley taking on Arsenal at Turf Moor. Elliot, do you have any? Are you scared of going to Turf Moor?
2: i mean i i think that in this day and age anyone who says an away game in the english premier league is a gimme is full of hubris but yeah hey, well west that's...
0: ham away right now
2: <sighs> okay <laughs> um i don't know the hawthorns well no. I, regardless I, yes. I i think that no, he means
1: going to west ham yeah also, in the Hawthorne. Oh, no, I
2: th- sorry, I heard West Brom. That's oh, why no, said no, the no. No. no, 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 West yeah, Brom,
0: West I would yeah, not cliche. want to play away. No. <laughs> no, no.
2: Um, <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. I was like, really? It doesn't, doesn't compute. But I, I think Arsenal should win this game. I mean, they're in scintillating form. Um, they played the best 45 minutes of the season in the first half um, in the Champions League earlier this week. And, and I think that... You know so Paul you, know, you know I was just going to say so I I made a point yeah, of watching pretty good. him yeah I made a point oh, of yeah. watching him really closely and the thing that stands out to me cuz he's scored goals in the past right like he's hit veins of form and done really well you know throughout his career but the difference now which just like clicked for me when I was sitting at the bar is he tracks back and defends like like a player that I've never even seen before. You know, it's, it's almost as though like Theo Walcott is no longer Theo Walcott and both the manager and he himself have spoken to that, you know, just like watching the number of aerial duels he got involved in, the number of tackles that he won. And I'm, I'm going to write about this briefly tomorrow, but you know, Wenger said that he, that he thought that Walcott used to be 90% attacking and 10% defending and now he's shifted back to 5050, which is perfect for this Arsenal team. And it's it's something that has caused both him and Oxlade Chamberlain both to lose their spots on you know in wide positions because they don't get back and defend. But at this point, I was reading something earlier today that said um, he had, uh, he's got like 12, I think 12 tackles so far this year, which is only five or six fewer than the most tackles he's ever had in an entire season. Yeah. In an entire season. And and so he's just, I think that he's he's working harder and granted, you know, the hard work is more easily demonstrable in terms of defending just because it used to be so woeful. But I think that that work ethic that is, clearly played out on the defensive side is also helping him offensively. And I think that he's starting to jive with, you know, with Alexis as playing as kind of like a false nine better than he ever has previously. Um, and, it, you know, as I said, talking about De Bruyne versus Silva and drifting into that 10 role, uh, I think that he's really thriving also off of the emergence of Alex Awobi, who is similarly a player who, yeah, he plays wide, but he's willing—if not even eager—to move inside. And we've already, you know, we've long known that both Alexis and Urzel do that as well. So, I, I this is an Arsenal team that, even though we won two-nil, you know, that was partially down to some questionable finishing on occasion, but mostly that Basel's keeper had a phenomenal game. Like we could have, we could have hit them for six in that match, and. This is the best Arsenal form that I've seen uh, certainly all year and maybe even all calendar. Year. Of
1: course it's all calendar year. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now that... I'll tell you I'll tell you when the last time when the last time you saw this kind of form from Arsenal was. Take out your phone and where it says where it where it says the date where it says September 20 today's what the 29th where it says September 29th just flip the year back to, to 2015 and then that was the last time they were in this great form and then flip the year back again to 2014 and they were in great form again and then flip the year back again because this is when arsenal played their best football of the year yeah. the blueprint's there i mean how many years this is like it's like we see that we say this every week about diego costa we've seen this movie before i've seen this movie before with arsenal they stumble out of the gate they have a bad loss uh they you know On week one. They are pretty bad weeks one and two. And then they sort of put things together um, right before the international break. And then coming out of the international break, they start to play really well. They play really well in September and October. And then they switch the clocks in November and like clockwork, the ball becomes yellow and everybody drops with an injury and Arsenal are done (laughs) until Christmas time.
2: And then they (laughs) They,
1: they start to put it together. And, in and like, by February, they're playing really well again. And then they get eliminated from the Champions League and everybody gets hurt again. Like, everybody gets hurt in February and then they come back together in March, start to put things together. And then April, May, they play, like, they play amazing, finish above Spurs.
2: I, I, ref- I refuse it's to believe... It's a superhero that- movie. They
1: all have the same I plot.
2: Know, I know, I know. But I, re- I refuse to believe that we are bound by history in football or anything. And so I... I have faith that it could be otherwise and yet at the same time I totally reserve the right later in the season to be like oh my god it's the same damn thing when we get riddled with injuries and then play terribly through the winter so yeah I mean Polly, I think that you're you're student being a student of history on this one you're absolutely correct I sincerely hope that it doesn't follow that pattern again but you know what? I'm also not one to look the gift horse in the mouth. And so I mean, look, even if in years at... past we've had the purple patch that has faded to black, at least we're in the purple at the moment.
1: You're you're wondering why Theo Walcott's in such great form because he's always in great form at the beginning of the season. Three goals and an assist already, two goals in September. Um, last year, I just wrote this down. I, I looked this up because I had a theory like five minutes ago and I just looked it up. Kind of checks it out. Five goals, three assists all year last year. Two goals, two assists Of those five and three came in September the year before he didn't play in September because he was injured because he's the walk on. He's always injured the year before five goals, five assists on the year uh, two assists in September the year before that. He actually had a really good year, but still scored two goals and an assist in September. He plays great in September. That's why he's in great form. And I can't wait for that knee injury. And then who knows when Theo Walcott comes back? And then you're going to be looking around and uh, you're going to be cursing at him because he's going to be inconsistent, and and uh, Oxlade Chamberlain's going to be inconsistent, and Danny Welbeck's going to come back into the mix, and he's going to score a couple of late winners, but he's going to ultimately be inconsistent. I've seen this movie before. I know how it is. I
2: ends. mean, again, as 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 one who appreciates and indeed has studied history, I appreciate you being a student of it. But nonetheless, I don't think that the future is bound by that. Granted, his his being prone to injury, yeah, that to some extent. But there's there is no reason that Theo Walcott can't play the same in March as he plays in September. It's all down to his mentality. Let me look it up. Again, but
1: for like for all we know, like he does turn it on in March before it fades away in April.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's I,
1: gets himself back into England consideration every year. I'm not going to look it up right now. I'm just yeah. gonna I'm just gonna say. This I've seen this movie before. You don't want to uh be bound by it, but I'll just leave you with this and then we can move on. Okay. I'm the just definition gonna... of insanity is yes. expecting is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome.
0: I'm just gonna say that between Boxing Day and April eleventh, twenty 2014-15 they only had two losses. And the rest yeah, were they wins. play well. That's
1: when they play well, and then, and then they fade. They no, fade. you said they you know the well, play poorly
0: in January and February.
1: Time, time. No, no, no. They play well in January, and the fade of the second half is not as sharp as is not always at the same time the way the, the fall fade is.
2: I the think this historical always- narrative is yeah. like painting with a broad brush, but I nonetheless agree with you that we're in great form now, and yes. I'll take it, and I expect us to you know, maybe not – dominate them the way we dominated Basil, but nonetheless take all three points from Turfmore.
0: Oh, you don't think that Basil is better than Burnley? Uh
2: no. Well, I don't I don't think so. Uh, I mean I think the best. We have those colour keeper... shirts again, so maybe it's like the same oh, thing. Oh god. Yeah. It's so weird that we wear those at home.
0: Okay. Well let's move over to the England news before we do our scoring predictions. So uh, we teased about it on our last show that we were going to talk Sam Allardyce on this show. And since then, he got fired. They said that they mutually parted ways. Whatever. That's bull crap. He got fired. He got fired. They gave him the option to say, oh, let's say that we're doing this together as a couple. But we all know he got fired. Yeah, totally. So, the Daily Telegraph, they're doing a big expose on, you know, corruption in English football, and Allardyce was the first, you know, big domino to fall there. Uh, We've since seen Barnsley's assistant coach, Tommy Wright, get fired, and now Southampton assistant manager, Eric Black, has also been named in these um, investigations. But we'll we'll stick with Sam, because that's the big one there, so... Sixty-seven days after getting what he called his dream job, he, yeah, he he had to leave. He was in charge for one game, the shortest stint as England manager ever.
1: Hundred percent record, though. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Can't can't take that away from him. Good job, Big Sam. You big buffoon. Yeah. Okay. Well, I and I wrote about this yesterday. One game was all it took for him to prove that he's not the right man for the job. No.
2: Yeah, England. Honestly, England are so so lucky. Both, you know, not only that they can, uh, as I think the title of your piece was, Paulie, but right the wrong of having hired him in the first place, but also that this happened now. Like, what if this happened a year from now, two years from now?
1: Yeah, the week before the World Cup.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: You have you can now get a new manager in who can really lay his imprint on and today i believe it was shalk's manager whose name was being thrown out um and eddie howe has been mentioned as well yeah and i mean that would be uh, like uh ralph Rangnick, uh the speak- former shout coach ralph Rangnick, which right away is good because you know he's not english mm-hmm. and of course everybody's saying you know who and you know that's horrible but that, because that's the English way. Is well, how are we going to hire a non Englishman? And it's that's your freaking problem. You know, Sam Allardyce was hired essentially because he was the best English guy available. And, yeah. you know, that doesn't mean that he's the best guy available. And that doesn't mean that he's any good.
0: Are they just afraid yeah. of foreign managers after Sven and Capello?
1: But Sven, all right, Capello was eh, pretty bad. Sven was one of the better managers that they've had. Sven had one issue. And it really doomed them and that was he had no idea you you gave him Paul Scholes, Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard and he had no idea how to use the three of them. Yeah. That was Sven's issue. Um, this is, you know, again, this you need a manager that's going to look to the future and and like I said, it took them one game one game where Sam Allardyce's this, uh, suggestion on how to fix England's problems was send Marcus Rashford who was your best and brightest player at the Euros send him to the U21s and oh we need help on defense let me call John Terry and see if he'll come out of retirement mm-hmm. that's your suggestion yeah I mean I, come on yeah I think it's funny though that they
0: they're very they're I'm looking at Sky Sports and their story on Ralph Ragnick and very high up they have like here's some of what we know about the fluent English speaker Ragnick
1: Right now, here's the issue: is is all right? Like Ryan Nick would be a good hire for them, and the question is: is like the FA has this chance to right the wrong, as I said. But the issue is: is the FA keeps making these damn mistakes. Like, can you really trust the FA to now get it right?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I would say, I would say no. It's like uh, I'm trying to think of a good example of. I can't really think of one. I mean, you know, like the fat guy who always who always says, like, I'm going to start my diet on Monday. You know, like, what makes this different? What what makes this week different? You never seem to get it done. You never seem to, to get it right. That's a bad example, but it's, it's really all I can come up with right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that looks, there worse similes I've heard.
1: Uh, I mean, but, look, this this they seem to always get it wrong when it comes to hiring managers. Why are we trusting them to pick the next one?
0: Yeah. But do yeah. I do any one like, of you, you know take a shot? I
1: think the, the Guardian ran like a ran a poll as to who should be the next manager and they and Arsene Wenger won the poll with 16% of the vote and the Guardian actually said, "Oh, the people's choice is Arsene Wenger." And I was like Calling somebody who got sixteen percent of the vote the people's choice is a little bit of a stretch. Yes. Yeah. Uh
0: do, do either one of you have any objection to Allardyce being let go? <laughs>
1: okay. Good. I do some The guy's won thirty six percent of his matches.
2: Yeah. No. It's yeah, England England dodged a bullet by you know, it's it's one of those things, it's where like Here's here's an analogy, I think, for England's hiring, at least of Sam in particular. It's one of those times when you go in for a tackle and you time it so terribly that, like, if you timed it a little better, it would have been so bad that you'd gotten a red card, but you timed it so terribly that you missed the player and the ball entirely. <laughs> and So you didn't get sent off, but you did make a complete fool of yourself. And this, this is exactly that, because they hired a buffoon, and his buffoonery got him embroiled in a scandal in a matter of, you know, just a couple of months and now he's gone. And so they're like, oh, okay. Well, next time let's try to time that challenge a little better.
1: It's like choosing it's like they went they went and to go out for pizza and they were choosing between Domino's, Papa John's, and Pizza Hut. Like and they pretty much said, well if we if we pick Domino's Those Uh, are all all
0: horrible choices, by the way.
1: Exactly. But they said (laughs) Domino's the best of the, it's the best of this situation. And if we pick him, the fans aren't going to complain rather than actually, you know, go out and look for other pizza shops that are, that are pretty good. You know, maybe not the same kind. Maybe they, they each have their own little spice to them. But they instead just narrowed it down to the three fast food joints and said, "Well, if we pick Domino's, the fans won't complain." Yeah,
2: because they're all bad, and this is the least bad. Yeah. Hey, everybody! Guess who we don't have with a product paying for product placement? On exactly, this show?
0: exactly. <laughs> Only eat certified Neapolitan pizza, kids.
1: Guys, I'm from New York, and every time someone suggests Domino's, I threaten to throw them into one of to, to the closest river. Yeah,
0: brick oven. That's where the magic is
1: go downstairs and just walk and by the time you find th- by the time you make it 3 blocks you'll find a better pizza place. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean I think it's good that the telegraph is publishing all that. We'll see the extent of all of it um, when it's all said and done, but I sort of agree with Chris Coleman, the Wales manager today who said that, you know, people that are find, you know, being charged and convicted for corruption in football, they should be banned for life.
2: Yeah, no, totally, and I, you know, do you see what Allardyce I said? He said like entrapment one. Yeah, and yes. oh. no,
1: the way they went about oh. it, the way they went about it was pretty effed up. You know, I'm not a big fan of the way they caught him, but at the same time, catch catch the people.
2: Yeah. yeah, but it's I don't know. It's just like if if your girlfriend expects that you're stepping out on her, and so she hires a supermodel to come and try to seduce you and mm-hmm. she successfully seduces you yeah alright that's entrapment but you still broke that trust you're True. still kind of a scumbag so
1: uh, let's pick yeah. some scores
0: I mean especially yeah, I especially <laughs> when they were talking about how to get around FA rules too because he's hired by the FA so yeah. yeah not very smart Sam Not very. No, smart. That,
1: that's the guy you talk to for how to get around the rules yeah yeah
0: Okay, let's get to the scoring predictions. Let's start things off with Everton and stuff Crystal Palace. Uh, let me tell you that I am at the bottom, 34 points. I did have the most correct games last week. I had five correct.
1: Woo-hoo. The second time you've done that and still fallen behind in the standing. Yeah, standings. I
0: mean, it is what it is. I can't pick a result to save my life here. I no, he uh,
1: still got one last week. He picked West Brom and Stoke.
0: Yeah, but... Uh, so Elliott's in second with fifty points, and then Paul year in first place with
1: fifty-two. I whiffed on a lot last week. We all did. Yeah. Last mm-hmm. week, banner week for us, and yeah. I have a feeling this week is gonna be difficult as well. Yes. yeah It's
0: called lowering the bar of expectations, right? Yep. Now. Everton Crystal Palace. Two to one Everton.
2: Oh Dang it, Seb! <laughs> yeah, seriously, dang. Yes, seriously.
0: Yes. Yes. Everybody wanted that one. Yeah.
2: Join, I'm, me.
0: I'm, Join I'm me on
2: the it dark too. side. You're not you're not scaring me off. I'm I'm sticking with 2 to 1 to Everton.
1: Oh. You know what this is called? This is called playing defense. Same here. 2-1 Everton and now you guys can't <laughs> get any ground on me in that game. Oh, wow. That's true. It's oh, a yeah. wash.
0: Mm-hmm. Swazi Liverpool. Francesco Guidolin said that he almost expects to get fired if they lose this game. Which I feel like it's a little bit harsh.
2: Yeah,
1: I know scum. Swansea are well, not in a, a grand spot. But... Well, Ryan Giggs is like very involved in the manager talk. There, his name is being very thrown yeah. out. Yeah,
2: yeah, very publicly also. And also, I mean, as he, is Bob Bradley's. they would they would love him at Swansea. Not not Bob Bradley, but Ryan Giggs.
1: Um, I think they would love Bob Bradley too. He's a very good manager.
2: Yeah, yeah I think he's a, I think he's a fine manager. But you know, as just... long
1: as Ricardo Clark and Robbie Finley aren't on his team, he's a good manager. Yeah.
2: Mm. Well, but the, I mean, the point is just having like a Welsh boy come home for his first yes. head coaching gig to be I at hear. Swans. They would, that, you know, that would mean a lot. And um, I think that, yes, Well, I was going to say, I think that also that kind of honeymoon will help, even if he has a bit of a rough patch to begin with and doesn't immediately turn things around. Like they're going to, they're going to see it out longer for Ryan gigs than they will maybe other, any other potential manager.
0: Yeah, and the thing is too that we're coming up on an international break here too, so you would have about two this weeks time or to so. fire
2: him.
1: Yeah.
0: All so, right, let's let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Liverpool—they're going to win four nothing, and Gwendolyn's going to get fired. Whoa. Yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, I think they're going to win. I maybe Swan's nick a goal, but I don't think so. Two nil, Liverpool. I mean, I'm assuming.
0: I, I'm assuming at least two penalty goals from James Milner, and then two from open play.
1: I know for a fact I'm gonna eat my words on next week, and that, like I already hate this pick, but I think bad Liverpool shows up this week, one-one. Okay. Then we got Hull against Chelsea. We're um, due for bad Liverpool, and this is yeah. a this is a good game for it to happen right before and the international break. Yeah. Trip to Wales.
0: Yep. Okay. Hull against Chelsea. Oh.
2: Ugh, yeah, right.
0: I mean, Chelsea, yes, they got two straight losses. Yes, they're sort of shaking at the back. I don't know what Gary Cahill is doing these days. He um, can't play without John Terry next to him. It's weird. But Hull, mm, they should be able to
1: win that one. Let's go one nothing Chelsea. Dude, if, if you're going to talk about Chelsea being shaky at the back, Hull's conceded nine goals in their last two games. 3 yeah. nothing Chelsea
2: ah uh, I but I also think I I think that hall are going to be able to get one against Chelsea three one
0: okay Watford against Bournemouth
2: mm.
0: Watford they were flying high but then they got shut down by Burnley
1: yeah. At Turf Moor,
0: yeah. Now they're back home, where they did. Beat. I'm going two one. Two one.
1: Two, I one. I think it's going to put that one one on the record. Draw. So Seth can't steal
0: it. Okay. Now, but, but no.
2: What'd you say? Right? One one draw.
0: Two two draw. All right. And then Let's West Ham, Middlesbrough. This is a tough one because. West Ham have just been so poor at the
1: back. Um, But maybe this is the week where it just flips around because these things happen suddenly.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they might do something weird. Okay, let's go 3-2 West Ham.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Weird. I said weird.
2: I just don't know if they score that many. Uh, I... I want to choose them to win, but I'm also not confident they're going to keep a clean sheet. 2-1. to 2-1, to one, West Ham.
1: I'm going 2-2. Two, two. I, I, you got to win at home before I buy into you. Hmm. Yeah. Then Sunderland against West Brom.
0: I'm not going to predict Sunderland to win ever this season.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with. I don't. I don't really like this because I think Jermaine Defoe might score, but West Brom's pretty good defensively. Yeah. So I'm gonna do the Elliot, and and last week he said one one, so this week we'll go one nil, mm. and that's to West Brom.
2: Oh, oh, one nil to West Brom, huh? Yeah, I, they're they score
1: enough, and Sunderland sucks enough. Yeah, uh,
2: I, I'm, I'm going one one again in this one. Shocker.
1: Breaking, breaking tradition.
2: Double it. They're gonna double their points total. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: No, West Brom. Uh, two, two to one. All righty. Then on Sunday, Manchester United Stoke. Okay. Well, this is a high quiz. Like, come on. Yeah. Last time I predicted <laughs> Leicester to win, and then United came out and played it really well. So
1: I'm wondering if I'll I should do your part. Do your job. Hmm. I had to predict United to lose every week last week
0: last yeah. year <laughs> no 3-0 United
1: oh god damn it
2: that was the scoreline I was gonna pick too uh, um no yes you know what I'll I'll give him I'll give him four I'll give him wow. four then maybe wow. it'll be Stokes manager who gets fired mm-hmm.
1: I'm giving him three three now I'm not going to go 2 because then I'm going to root against them scoring a third. I don't mind yeah. if LA gets the bonus points again. Yeah. <laughs> it happens every week.
0: <laughs> okay, then we got Leicester City against Southampton.
2: Mm. Uh, that is that's a tricky one.
1: 1-1. One, one. Okay, 2-1. To the champions.
2: I I think they're I think they're going to they're going to carry their European form through into the league in this one and win 2-0.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: So then if that game's okay. si- if that game's sitting at two nothing, I need to be like, "Oh, Leicester score one more goal." Uh.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I'm just not going to look at these while I'm watching games. Um, okay. The
2: opposite of fantasy football, it makes you not want to watch the games. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Okay, Tottenham against Manchester City. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh,
0: I mean, both teams have goals in them. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Do but Tottenham doesn't give up goals. City so just keeps scoring goals. Yeah, but they I'm, got I'm Aguero. I'm going 2-2. Two, two.
2: Damn uh, you. I'm going 2-1 to Manchester City. Okay,
1: then
0: I'll go 1-1. No, I can't. No, no. Ah, uh, <laughs> damn it.
2: What <laughs> uh, James from there <Stringer> said?
0: Oh. <laughs> uh.
1: You can't go, you can't pick a draw because that ensures us that Elliot will get the point, yeah. which means City can win. Yeah, okay. Two to one Tottenham. Pretty much
0: have to... Two to one oh, Tottenham. No. <laughs> All right. Just so uh, we got different ones on that one. <laughs> got a Tottenham, a man, Chester City, and a draw. So that's good. Uh, and then we got Burnley against Arsenal. Um... Hmm.
1: I want to hear Elliot's prediction on this. I know what it's... I think
2: it's going to be... I think it's going to be similar to the match against Basel in that we're going to turn it on, not maybe have as many goals we could or should have, but still win by, you know, a comfortable margin. Uh, 2-0 or 3-1? I'm going to go
1: 2-0. Yeah, it's a game that's going to... Be waxing creativity, but they'll get the 2 0. It's September or it's yeah. October. They're, they're, this is Arsenal's time to shine. 2 to 1. Burnley's going to get one on a corner.
2: There you have
0: it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think the only game we were all different on was that Tottenham Manchester City game. Yeah. Great. Sounds like it's going to be an awful week for all of us. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the games we all went. The same was the Everton game, the Chelsea game, and the Man U game, and the Arsenal game. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Until next time, you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin, Paulie's P, Costello W F A M. And no
1: final thoughts.
0: Elliot is Keats was better before we go. What's your final thought, Polly
1: I want to be last. I want to have the final final thought.
0: Okay, Elliot, go ahead.
2: Um, uh, my final thought is that I think that Alex Iwobi hasn't been getting quite enough press in terms of the young rising stars we've been talking about. I mean, I don't, I'm not re- willing to buy into him or at least buy en- as much of his stock as maybe Polly's investment in Rashford, but well, he's not getting that.
0: Hmm. I'm just going to say that I hope that Sam Allardyce never coaches again in England. <laughs> uh, which- maybe everyone. Which would, which would mean that he might sh- show up here on the shores of America and take over a team in the MLS. Who knows?
1: Maybe. Uh, American stud Christian Pulisic playing really well against some team called Real Madrid, but can he do it on a humid night in Guatemala? <laughs> uh,
2: yes. Yes, he can.
1: So
0: there you have it. Until next time, have a good one. Bye.